today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Canada Revenue Agency has sent out more than 400,000 letters to uh, Canada Emergency Response Benefit recipients, CERB benefits, in other words, in recent weeks, asking them to verify that they met eligibility rules for the payments. Employment Minister Carla Qualtrough says that the letters are part of efforts to get ahead of problems that may arise during the tax season. I appreciate that every time anyone gets something from Sierra, you're, you're, you know, the anxiety kind of gets up there. But this sincerely was an attempt to get ahead of of what you described as a very complicated tax time next year for, for millions of Canadians. No kidding. Uh, maybe even more complex than we had anticipated. So what happens if you're one of the recipients of that letter? What are your responsibilities? What do you need to do? Uh, pleased to welcome back to the program uh, a good friend, Doug Hoyes, a licensed insolvency trustee and co-founder of Hoyes Michaelis & Associates, one of Ontario's largest personal insolvency firms. Doug, great to have you back in the program. Hope you're doing well these days. I am. Hope you are too, Bill. Listen, this, uh, this whole CERB thing, I understand the good intentions the government had, and it's probably a very necessary program for an awful lot of people. Uh, but it, it just, the rollout of this thing has been problematic right from the get-go, and it's, it's confused an awful lot of people. Uh, and, and I guess shocked at, you know, these 400,000 people, I'm sure more than a few of them, got this letter and said, what the heck? Because initially, I think they had asked that they wanted the money paid back by the end of December. I mean, you know, figured, when did Ebenezer Scrooge started working for CRA? But they, they've kind of backed off that now but there were a lot of the cases here they want their money back yeah and there's, you're right there's been lots of confusion on this and, and you're right we all understand the pandemic started people needed to get money in their hands quickly so the government had to prioritize speed over making sure every box was checked so unlike you know when you get unemployment insurance you've got to fill out the forms and prove you know that you you, you qualify in the case of CERB it was like let's get the money out and worry about it later well now is the later so the, the purpose of CERB was to help people who had lost their job due to COVID. Simple as that. So what the government is now verifying is that you actually had a job that you then lost due to COVID. Well, how do you do that? What they've decided is we'll look to make sure that you made 5000 bucks last year, which would indicate you had a job, and so that's the first requirement they're looking at. And so they've now got your 2019 tax return. It's taken them a few months, but they've cross-checked everybody who got CERB with everybody's 2019 tax return. And if you didn't have 5000 bucks worth of income on that return, they're saying, oh, wait a minute, you didn't qualify. Now, there is another rule that says you could have earned it in the last 12 months. So there will be people who will qualify even if it wasn't on their tax return. So that's the 400,000 plus letters that they sent out based on this first cross-check. So what you've got to do is make sure you got your taxes filed for last year, because if you didn't file your taxes, then the government doesn't know how much you made. So in some cases, that'll probably be the issue. And again, I understand there was a pandemic. You're probably familiar with what's going on with the vi- virus there, right, Bill? So mm-hmm. oh, the people weren't able to get their... T- <laughs> yeah, you've, you've heard about it. So the people weren't able to get their taxes filed. Okay, pretty simple problem to, to solve. The bigger issue is people who were self-employed last year, who put down, yeah, you know, I brought in 20000 but I had $18,000 worth of expenses, so my net income was $2,000. So they're sitting there thinking, well, I made twenty grand last year. Obviously, I qualify. That's over 5000 Nope. It, it's net income, not gross. And so the, th- those are the people that the government are saying, hey, you're going to have to prove that you actually had 5000 in income or else you don't qualify. But why? I get that. But as I was saying earlier in the program, I said, you know, the government, not just this government, but just about every government for the last eight or ten years, has been encouraging entrepreneurism and saying, you know, get out there, start something, let's be inventive. And it's and it's worked. I mean, there's a whole wave of that stuff that's happened. And these people are they're left in the lurch in a situation like this. 
Yeah, being self-employed is complicated. And yes, and, and the reason a lot of people are self-employed is because they can't find a conventional job. The, you know, everybody wants you to be an independent contractor, which is great if you're the employer because you don't have to take off CPP and EI and provide benefits and all the rest of it. So, but the flip side of it is you're now responsible for everything. You're responsible for making sure you understand how all the tax rules work and HST and you know everything else. So it's a two-edged sword, and people are realizing now that, oh boy, this is a problem. Because if you were an employee last year, year, getting a regular paycheck that had taxes taken off, this is easy. It's, it's on your T4. It's easy to prove. It's, it's not a problem. So I suspect there will be a lot of people calling their tax accountant or their tax lawyer over the next few months trying to sort this out. Well, sure. And, and you have to wonder about this. And as you've told us, Sebastian, when you're dealing with CRA, uh, you can say, hey, you guys did this wrong. Or you didn't tell us about this or you changed the tunes on that. Uh, it doesn't much matter. I mean, you know, they these guys own the ball and they can change the rules anytime they want because uh, you, you mentioned first of all about that five thousand dollars in income and i think a lot of people jumped on board and said hey I, yeah that's me i can do that uh then they clarified it some weeks later and said no 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 we mean employment income because there's lots of other fo- uh, sources of income that don't qualify for this aren't there yeah exactly right so pension income is not employment income disability benefits student loans and bursaries family support payments social assistance payments employment insurance, Canada Child Benefits, you know, Ontario Works, investment income, all of those things are not employment income. So unless you had $5,000 or more of employment income, you didn't qualify. And yes, I understand that there was some confusion, but again, the point of the program was to help people who had lost their job, which meant they had to have been working. So the rules are understandable, but yes, it would have been nice if they could have more clearly communicated them up front so that we don't have this level of Communica- uh, confusion now. Now, I, I know how some people are going to respond to this. I'm sure you've had clients that have been like this, Doug. They get something from, like this from the CRA and figure, I, I'll just ignore it. Now, there's millions of people out there. You know, the, the, you know they'll, they'll never catch up with me. They're busy doing other things. Uh, they, they will find you, won't they? I mean, the, you know, when, when they send you that first letter, they will follow up. Yeah, the nothing goes away with CRA. Once it's in the computer, it's in the computer. So I understand that you might have gotten your first SERB payment in April, and now here we are in the middle of December, and you're finally hearing about the, getting the letter. So yeah, it took eight or nine months for them to, to figure out what was going on, but eventually they do. So yes, you can't just ignore it and hope it will go away. Now, preliminary indications are that CRA is being reasonable. They're not, you know, you don't have to have it all paid back tomorrow or anything like that, but you've got to be proactive. So if you think you are eligible, then great. Talk to your your tax accountant. Get them the information they need. Everything's probably good. If you know you weren't eligible, okay, now that I've read the rules, I know I shouldn't have got the money, then, again, be proactive. Call CRA. Now, you'll be on hold for a few hours, but you'll eventually get through (laughs) to someone and say, hey, can I make some kind of repayment plan here? I can't pay it all back today, but... You know, can you give me some time to start making payments? If there's a dialogue with them, they are generally more reasonable to deal with. Yeah, I've I've heard that from many people too. But I guess the key there is you should be the one that initiates the contact. And if you if they have to start sending a bunch of letters and and out to you, you know, they they're less likely to say, okay, now you know, let's negotiate this. They just want their money back at that stage. Well, yeah, and think about it. If if I owed you money, Bill, you know, I borrowed twenty bucks off you for a you know a few coffees or something. And if I call you up the next day and say, "Hey, Bill, sorry, I don't have the cash on me, but I can get it to you next week," you go, "Okay, that's cool." 
But if I'm ghosting you, you know, ignoring you, not taking your calls, well, you're going to get a lot more riled up. It's exactly the same with CRA. They want to know what's going on. If you tell them what's going on, they're much more reasonable to deal with. Now, of course, we're going to run into people who have no way to pay this back. They got the money, they used it for rent and groceries, and now they find out they're not eligible. So that's going to be uh, an even bigger problem. And, of course, there were 9 million people who got CERB. That's taxable. It's going to be included in your 2020 taxable income. So when you file your taxes in the spring, you're going to owe money on that. So I think if you're in that situation where there's no way you can pay it back or you're not going to be able to service the tax on it, then yeah, that's when you're going to have to reach out to a professional, a licensed insolvency trustee or whatever and start exploring your options because obviously that's a much more serious situation. But if you're in that circumstance, though, Doug, can you can you beg for forgiveness? Will they forgive the loan or are they just going to say, well, you know, we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk later on CRA does not have the legal power to forgive the principal. So if you owe taxes or CERB repayments or anything, they cannot just say forget it. They do have the power to forgive penalties and interest, if you can make a compelling case, but they can't forgive the principal. And right now, there is no interest yet. This is all principal. So no, they cannot just say, yeah, we feel sorry for you. We're going to let it go. Because of course, then they'd have to do it with everybody. The only way tax debts go away without you paying them is through a formal legal process, either a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal, which is federal law, which is why CRA is bound by it. But then it's a fair process for all. That's why it works with CRA as well. Uh, if you're owing the CRA money for income tax uh, that you have not yet paid, uh, I mean, they just start charging interest on that a second after midnight on, on the due date. We get that. and But is, is there an anticipation that, that they're going to start attaching penalties and, and interest onto these payments as well? Nobody knows. That's a, an excellent question. Um, if I had to guess, and I've been wrong every other time, so I'll probably be wrong on this guess too. But if I had to guess, I think CRA will make some kind of special accommodations and they'll say, okay, look, if you have to pay back CERB, we're going to give you some extra time. We're not going to start charging interest for a period of time. You know, if you work out a plan, we'll, we'll be reasonable. That's what I would assume will happen because, again, 9 million people got CERB, 440,000 got these letters saying they have to pay it back, and there's probably more letters to come. So they can't just say, they can't put half the country into tax debt. They, they just can't do that. So I think they're going to have to work something out. But I also wouldn't be relying on that. I wouldn't be waiting for that. Again, I'd be proactive, do whatever I can to deal with it now so that I don't have to worry about it in the future. Now, if you do initiate that phone call, Doug, and you, you talk to somebody at Canada Revenue, uh, can you set up a payment schedule? And is, is there a, a template for that? Or is it really just a negotiation? It's a negotiation. I mean, their general rule of thumb at CRA, if you owe tax debts, is, well, if we can make a plan for you to pay it back over the next year, then we're good. If you need a plan to pay it back over 10 years, eh, a little less likely that they will agree to that. Now, I suspect they'll be a little more reasonable now. The key point, though, is if you're calling CRA, you should know in advance what you're going to propose to them. So don't offer to pay it all back in January if you can't. If all you can do is give them two or $300 a month, then that's what you should offer them. You want to be um, not making a promise you can't keep because that just gets you into more trouble. So I suspect if you call them up and say, look, I can pay a couple of hundred bucks for the next few months and then let's revisit it. If I'm back to work, maybe I can pay more. Then that will probably you know, keep them at bay at least for a period of time. 
What about uh, getting into the, to the weeds now, but this is right in your wheelhouse, uh, tax time. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, that anybody that got this, even if there's no repayment involved, they have to pay tax on the payments that they got. Uh, if you're still owing uh, going into 2021 and you're doing your 2020 taxes, how does that impact the taxes? Well, you're exactly right. So CERB is taxable. So if you got $10,000 in CERB, that's like having an extra $10,000 in income. Now, if you work and get $10,000, your boss takes the taxes off, so there's no big problem at tax time. But this is $10,000 more. So if you happen to be in the 20% marginal tax bracket, then that means on that $10,000 you received, you're going to owe an extra $2,000 in taxes. And a lot of people expect at tax time, oh, I'm going to get a refund. Well, no, maybe this year you're going to owe. So I would certainly recommend that everybody do a rough calculation. There's lots of online tax calculators on on the Internet, or you can pull up last year's tax return and just do the math manually, adding in whatever you got in CERB to see how much your tax liability potentially will be. So if I know I'm going to end up having to pay you know, $800 come April, well, maybe what I should be doing is setting aside a couple of hundred dollars every month between now and then so that I can pay it, and then it's much less of a shock. But knowing in advance what the obligations are going to be makes it a lot easier to plan for a, a solution to it from your point of view. There are an awful lot of people that, that we've heard of, certainly, that are in a, still in a dire circumstance. I mean, they may not be back to work or they're, they're underemployed right now. They're not getting the hours or the income that they had anticipated. Uh, so, I mean, sometimes repayment to, to Canada Revenue is, a, is an inconvenience and a pain in the, in the butt, but some people just can't do it. I, they're in that circumstance right now that could, I can't. Uh, there are options, as you mentioned, that can be a payment plan. Uh, what about considering something like a bankruptcy? How, what are the implications to that? Yeah, and that's what a lot of people are calling us about now. And if you have no hope of paying it back, then the two options are a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. So both of those options are legal processes, so they do work with CRA, but they include all of your debts. So you would be it would be taking care of every debt you've got, credit cards and so on. I mean, not your house mortgage or car loan. You can leave those out because they're secured debts. But um, all of your normal debts are, are included. So what we recommend is that people give us a call. Let's look at your whole situation. If all you've got is a couple of thousand dollars owing on taxes on CERB, you probably don't need to go bankrupt. A repayment plan is, is probably the better option. But you're right. A lot of people are hurting. A lot of people have had to use debt to survive during the pandemic. And as they gradually get back to work in the new year, in the spring, they've got all this debt burdening them down. Those are the kind of people who are going to be looking at these options. A consumer proposal is a deal we make with everybody. So, you know, maybe you've got, you know, fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 in total debt. Well, maybe we can make a deal where you pay back, you know, 18000 20000 something like that, you know, 300 bucks a month for five years, something, something in that range. Every plan is different. It's based on your income, your assets, what your own personal situation is. And we have to negotiate it with the people you owe money to. But in most cases, if you are in a situation where there is no way you can possibly pay it back, then working out a deal is a much better option and uh, gives you a fresh start. You mentioned uh, what happens with taxes and possible refunds in situations like this. If there's an outstanding balance of this, if you're one of these people uh, that they've identified, uh, you're in the system, aren't you, Doug? So, I mean, if you if you owe them, say, $2,000 and you think you're going to get uh, $2,500 back from your taxes this year, uh, you may be surprised to find out you're only going to get about 500 because they, they keep they keep track of these numbers, don't they? 
Yeah, absolutely. So if your file has a flag on it now and you file your 2020 taxes and there's a, a, a refund expected, you're right. They're going to say, wait a minute, before we send you this refund, we got to deal with this whole CERB issue. So again, all the more reason to, to get it dealt with. And filing taxes is important because that's what triggers your eligibility for a lot of other benefits as well, like the child tax benefit, for example, and, and certain other income supplements. So you don't want to just not file your taxes because you're afraid that that's going to wake up the bull and then have CRA coming after you. There are reasons why you do want to have your taxes filed that benefit you. So again, it's better to know what your obligations are so that uh, you you can make a plan to deal with them. You don't want to be not filing taxes and then not getting the benefits you are eligible for. Well, because you never know what kind of government programs are going to come down the pipe, do you? I mean, there has been some talk, although I think it's pretty slim chance, of, of some sort of a guaranteed income program from the federal government as an extension of this. I, I don't know that there's not much of an appetite for that. But we, of course, as we know, we had a pilot project with that in Ontario. And I remember talking with a number of the people that wanted to apply with it. And uh, the first piece of advice they got is, <laughs> did you file your taxes last year? Because if you didn't, the, the, you can't qualify. They, they need those numbers. They need you in the system and the, so they can make an adjustment and make some sort of a, a calculation I guess. Well, exactly right. And CERB was paid out, for the most part, through the CRA system. They already had your banking information on file because they sent you your tax refund that way. That's what made it really easy for the government to send out the CERB payments. So you're right. If we do come up with a universal basic income or other types of enhanced government programs, which I guess will depend on how long the the lockdowns last and how quickly the, the virus is taken care of, then yes, if you're not in the system, you will not be eligible for those benefits. So I get it. It's a two-edged sort. If I'm in the system, they're going to be coming after me for what I owe. But if I'm not in the system, I won't be able to receive the benefits I'm entitled to. So probably better to keep everybody happy and make sure your filings are up to date. Uh, if our conversation here has got people's heads spinning and say, I'm, I'm even more in a fog than I was when they started this whole thing, uh, that's what people like you are there for, Hoyes Michaelis and, and, and financial advisors, to be able to give people some, some context and maybe explain their situation to them. This can be a rather daunting exercise if, if you don't really have a, a grasp on what's going on, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we've got tons of information on our website, hoys.com, H-O-Y-E-S.com. You know, go on there, go to the search bar, type in CERB, type in taxes. You'll see all the articles we've produced. We're producing a ton of information because it is stressful for people. So as soon as we learn something, we're putting it up there. So if you're a little shy about calling us, well, go to the website, research it first. Tons of information there, videos, whatever you want to see. And I think that will give people some comfort that, yeah, it's a stressful time but there are options. You just got to take that first step and uh, start coming up with a plan to deal with them. Doug, always great to get you on here to add some clarity to this. Thanks so much for the time today and uh, enjoy the holiday season. Thanks, Bill. You too. Much appreciated. Take care. Doug Hoyes, the licensed insolvency trustee and co-founder of Hoyes Michaelis and Associates. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.